0: AARP, the advocacy group serving people over the age of 50, is taking steps to ensure that digital health technologies best serve its membership. The organization has embarked on an effort to test the design and functionality of digital health devices for older people and provide feedback to the marketplace. Its enlisted partners United Healthcare and Pfizer is part of its efforts. We spoke to Jeff McCauka, Director of Thought Leadership for AARP, about its efforts how it's going about testing devices, and what it hopes to accomplish. We had some technical difficulties on this podcast that were not apparent during the interview. We've done our best to clean it up, but you will hear some static early in the recording. We apologize to our listeners and our guests, who we think you will find, nonetheless, quite interesting. Jeff, thanks for joining us.
1: It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you.
0: We're going to talk about AARP's recent agreements with United Health and Pfizer, as well as its Project Catalyst initiative, but I thought we could start with digital health technologies and the promise they carry, particularly for people over the age of 50. What would you say that is?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of different opportunities to improve the quality of life for people as they age. Um, Our group is working with the marketplace to help stimulate and empower entrepreneurs to build better solutions to help people overcome the challenges and maximize their quality of life as they age. I think specific areas of opportunity are around things such as what we would like to call um, aging with vitality, which is our assistive or other sorts of devices and, and services that help people maintain the quality of life or even in some cases, perform better than they did when they were younger and sort of mitigate some of the declines that happen associated with with aging. Uh, I think that's an interesting area, as well as things such as medication adherence and compliance, um, keeping people on their drugs and and their their, uh, prescriptions so that they maintain a regular usage and then are able to uh, be in compliance with their regimens and, and hopefully live a more healthy and better life.
0: And from a demographic point of view, what makes this segment particularly attractive to digital health providers? How big a market do they represent?
1: Uh, so, in some senses, it's staggering. Um, there are over 100 million people that are over 50 right now, and it'd be a disservice to say that they all have the same needs, I and mean, there are several different segments within that, but if you take an aggregate, um, many of the conditions are, are prevalent across the whole age range from 50 up to whatever, 100, 110, as, as we're getting uh, to that stage in, in longevity now. Um, our estimates say that there's about $100 billion worth of revenue opportunity over the next five years in serving this demographic um, in digital health and wellness technologies, and Our projections, which come from a group uh, called Parks Associates that we've done a lot of work with in in forecasting and mapping out this area, suggest that there's probably about $30 billion worth of revenue opportunity there. And the important thing is though. This is an opportunity that's related to improving the quality of people's lives, keeping them healthy, happier, and more fit. And in some ways, it's an awesome challenge for, for people that are looking to change the world in a certain respect in that um, most projections say that something along the lines of 80% of healthcare resources go towards serving people. Um, uh, over 50 and as they age. So there's an incredible amount of opportunity there to uh, improve outcomes, uh, create better efficiencies, and save the whole healthcare system a lot of money, but also do people a lot of service and making them happier and healthier.
0: While digital health technologies hold great promise to revolutionize healthcare and improve health, they have a long way to go to live up to that. What do you see as the big barriers right now to capturing, monitoring, and interpreting data so it has real value?
1: Uh, There there are significant challenges. Um, I think one is just the manner in which the healthcare system has been sort of cobbled together over the years um, and how health IT has been introduced into that. Uh, There's a lot of uh, issues in terms of uh, adaptability and and adoptability for for end users to take care of themselves and to be empowered to to look after their health. Um, So there's usability issues. Um, Price point is a huge issue, too, especially as we talk about um, the older generations that are on fixed incomes. There's a million different gadgets out there, and if you were to cobble together uh, a solution uh, to keep someone in their home and keep them safe and healthy, um, and when you start adding up all these different elements, it can get up to the hundreds of dollars per month in terms of services and, and hardware. So there's a real, uh, a real poignant... Uh, issue to try to bring down the cost point for some of these services and some of these hardware. And then uh, the accessibility and, and interoperability between different systems to share data um, and to, in some cases correlate it in a safe and private manner so that it can be uh, analyzed and then algorithms and, and other things can, can show when someone's in trouble or when someone's about to be in trouble, which would be more ideal.
0: Well, let's talk about Project Catalyst. Can you describe what it is and how it came about?
1: Sure. So, uh, Project Catalyst, uh, which we term as the, the the power of we, is is really uh, a culmination of about three or four work years worth of work um, coming out of our group here at ARP and Thought Leadership. I'm trying to think of different ways to to bring the user uh, and the consumer into the, the conversation as different technologies, especially around health and wellness, are are developed to meet their needs, so that uh, the quality of these products when they get to market is better and more relevant and more effective for uh, helping people live better lives. So, uh, we, we hold within our group a, uh, a pitch day, a kind of a, a demo day slash shark tank style uh, event. Um, we've done four, or about to do our fourth, which will be in Miami on uh, uh, May 14th, where we bring health and wellness technology entrepreneurs and we put them in front of not only a panel of uh, expert judges and venture capitalists, but also um, our members within our ARP Life at 50 member event and have the opportunity for these um, entrepreneurs to pitch to our members in that panel and then. Rate them. They're rated by those two uh, audiences in real time uh, via audience response devices, and we found that this has been an incredible opportunity for the entrepreneurs and and the innovators to get real time market feedback from their potential customers and consumers of their products and services. Uh, But unfortunately, it's a one time event, and we're really impacting the 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 ten to fifteen companies that we have up on stage. So, what Project Catalyst hopes to do is to become a bit more scientific, a bit more, a bit more uh, regimented, but make scalable and repeatable uh, studies that are then given out to the marketplace in a way that the insights and trends can be, and in, in, in uh, consumer behaviors can be understood and then utilized by all of the marketplace um, at scale, so that uh, better products can be developed and then eventually deployed into the consumers.
0: You're conducting your first study in conjunction with United Healthcare and Pfizer. How did that come about, and, and what do they bring to the effort?
1: Uh, so, United and Pfizer are incredible uh, supporters and, and collaborators on, on this project. What we wanted to do was gather uh, a, a coalition, so to speak, of like minded organizations that not only are interested in, in keeping people he- healthy and well, um, but also recognize that uh, the, the tremendous social need around keeping people healthy and well, and then also have the op- opportunity and the power and the scope to be able to, in some cases, push along and implement some of the findings and insights that might come out of the studies. So um while we started with uh, we are look, looking at a categories within the ecosystem of the industry and and we're looking to 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 bring on um other types of of uh, collaborators as well. So um while United uh, Health re- represents our our payer category and and um Pfizer represents the f- uh pharma uh industry, uh, we're also looking to bring on provider systems, um telecommunication providers, um and and infrastructure plays, uh retail pharmacy and retail and, and even um, nonprofits to try to build a, a community of, of of folks that can really take these ideas and these insights and um, bring them out to the marketplace to improve the quality of life.
0: My guess is people designing these devices are often of a different generation than the intended end user, at least when it comes to digital technology that's designed for older users. How much of an issue is that?
1: It's, it's, a, it's a significant issue, I think. Um, there's I tend to find that there's two sorts of folks that end up getting into this space right right now and and one would be uh, someone who's experienced a, fa- a family issue perhaps a, a mother or a grandparent or something along along those lines have had some sort of issue and they've been pulled into the caregiving role or I've noticed uh, a, a diminishment in, in this this person's ability to function and then design a solution to, to help them along and then another group uh, would be uh, just you know in, in the, the Typically, that first group is people are smart people that are, that are um, great at building things but may not have the, the know-how to, to, grow, to build sustainable um, businesses that can, that can uh, endure the test of time. And then another group would just be smart people that are looking for the next opportunity, uh, and they get involved uh, based on not only wanting to, to improve the quality of life for folks, but also the market opportunity. Um, in either of these cases, uh, given the nature of, of, of startups, they don't always have the access to, to end users so that they can design more inclusive and, and um, precise uh, solutions for folks. So uh, what we tend to find is people will come up with an idea and build a prototype and maybe go to their, their family members or, or friends of family and, and get some feedback there. But what help, what both Project Catalyst and the Pitch event help to do is to bring larger amounts of uh of consumers together so they can voice in uh, earlier in the innovation cycle so that the products can be better when they eventually do get to market. So there's an issue there, but I think it's uh, overcomable.
0: You're focused on questions of design and functionality. At the heart of many of these devices and apps are smartphones, which may have form factors that are too small to be easily used by older people or difficult to read. How much of a concern is that?
1: Uh, It definitely is a concern, although we see with recent – Four-factor changes, such as the, the iPhone 6 Plus, which has a much larger and vibrant screen, or even uh, the iPad Mini, um, we're getting the real estate in some of these devices, which is funny, coming out of technology from the, the late 90s and early 2000s where everything was shrinking, we you get things so as small as we possibly could. I, I I joked around with a with a colleague the other day, I'd remember those um, tiny little Nokia uh, cell phones that were related to that Charlie's Angels movie that was just, just micro cell phones. And now we're going the other direction with bigger screens and, and more real estate and brighter um, screens. I think that's a, a great trend and, and uh, it allows people to with accessibility issues or physical limitations to, to be able to, to see and to be able to touch different elements um, on the on the screens. At the same time, too, I think uh, the major manufacturers and software developers are, are understanding that better design for older folks or even people with disabilities allows for better design for, for everyone. It's a principle we like to call design for all. And I think um, the accessibility features that are being built into both the iOS and um, Android systems while uh, they can make the phones much more navigatable and usable for folks, the unfortunate fact is that they're still buried in menus that are difficult to get to. So um, typically you're going to see a, a user that needs to, to have these features turned on. They're going to have to rely on someone else to unlock them and set them up for them. Um, but uh, with, with infrastructure like the Apple stores and the Genius Bars or even adult children or even, even uh, grandchildren to help, to help folks along, I think a lot of this is mitigatable, but there, there's still room for improvement. I
0: remember having a conversation a few years ago with folks at Intel early in their digital health efforts. One thing I found interesting is that they use anthropologists to observe older people in their own environment using technology. In the case of Project Catalyst, who's doing the monitoring and how?
1: So we, we have a uh, a relationship with the Georgia Tech Research Institute and their homelands program, and uh, very similar to in, intel's uh, research facility we're, do, we're' for the first couple studies at least we're looking to a, more of an ethnographic research model uh, whereby these devices will be put into people's homes and researchers will adver- observe them um, both from an unboxing standpoint of how do people interact with the packaging and the setup and the instructions and they'll be taking notes there and, and in cases where uh, the end users or the the subjects, as part of the the research study, aren't able to to navigate the issues that might arise. The uh, the the facilitators will come in and 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 help them uh, along so that we can get to a point where the device is usable and it's and it's working. Um, and then over a period of time, uh, for this fitness and sleep uh, tracking study, it'll be about six weeks. We'll be observing and and checking in with these folks. Uh, to get results of how uh, the device might be ma- working for them or not working for them, modifying their behavior or perhaps not modifying their behavior. And then there'll be an exit interview at the end of the, the research process where we'll find out uh, would these people purchase these on their own and, and how likely were they were to use them and where were the, the pain points along the, the, the use, use curve. Um, going forward, we'll look to different modalities of research for Project Catalyst. Um, we may have online panels where people can be uh, voting in, in and commenting on, on product concepts um, and we may have um, more uh, long-term uh, studies for, for years at end so we can get more longitudinal data uh, for, for starting out now that we're going to stick to that demographic model
0: your first study is looking at activity monitors and, and sleep trackers why start with these devices and apps what was the thinking there
1: well everyone uh, knows anecdotally that you know being more active um, helps uh, not only uh, one may remain healthier but also can can help mental acuity and, and longevity, uh, at the same time, there, there seems to be a stigma or, or a belief that uh, older folks not only are not active, but also aren't interested in tracking their, their activities. Um, so what we wanted to do is, is to take, some of, take six or seven of the, the best uh, uh, leading-edge devices out in the marketplace and put them into homes and see w- what really is the effect of these, uh, these on, on people's behaviors, but also what are the likelihood of people to, to adopt and keep on using these. Um, we started sort of, I would say, on the earlier continuum of the, of the healthcare curve to try to see how can we encourage people and how do devices help people uh, maintain wellness to keep them, in some senses, out of the system and out of the traditional healthcare queue. Uh, sleep is an interesting uh, uh, interesting category in that everyone knows it's important and more, more studies are showing that it's more important um, both for, for um, healthfulness but also um, to prevent dementia and, and other mental uh, issues. Uh, but uh, there's a a wide swath of different ways that sleep is being measured and monitored by some of these devices, and there's a lot of concern about standards and accuracy. So we wanted to see, too, uh, how are the 50-plus sleeping, but also in addition to that, um, would they take the information about the quality and the length of their sleep and and then modify the behaviors further?
0: This is the first of what you expect to be a number of studies. What's the range of applications and issues you hope to look at, and how significant an effort do you expect this to be?
1: Well, I think it it'll be quite an effort, but but in a very good way. And you know, good 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 work uh, is work indeed, but but still worth doing. Um, We're using a framework from a report that we've put out twice now, called the Health Innovation Frontiers uh, Report. Again, in association with uh, Parks Associates. And in that in our initial report, we came up with a framework of, of nine areas of health and wealthfulness. Um, that we feel really capture what it takes, the different elements of things that it takes for someone to age um, healthfully and, and gracefully. And uh, we plan on uh, fielding studies uh, across those nine areas. Uh, about one per quarter is the cadence that we're projecting. So these are issues such as um, vital sign monitoring, care navigation, emergency emergency response and detection, um, diet and nutrition, and, and social engagement. Um, we'll be within each of those categories. We'll be looking at particular problem or challenge statements um, that people are facing uh, as they as they navigate their health healthiness, and then we'll create solution sets and te- and study those how they either uh, meet and and overcome those challenges, or in some cases may fall short. And we'll make suggestions to the to the marketplace on how things could be designed better.
0: Jeff McCauka, Director of Thought Leadership for AARP. Jeff, thanks for your time today.
1: I appreciate. It. Thanks so much.